Well, how many ready for the word today? Let me hear you. Some noise. There's, I want to close out our um, greater series on today. And there's a passage I want to read in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number one. I'm going to read from the New King James rendering. And verse 34, Luke chapter one, verse 34 says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I want to talk from this subject this Christmas. Here's the subject, whatever you say. Whatever you say. Clap your hands, change family. Family, on the day, we're concluding a series of sermons, a collection of preaching presentations that is a part of our Advent series. We have each week reminded and reiterated, we've rehearsed this truth that the word Advent means coming. It has roots in a Latin word, Adventus, and it is a season where people of faith celebrate and express intentional appreciation for the coming of Jesus. The Easter season is the season we celebrate him getting up, but the Christmas season is the season we celebrate him coming down. And I am telling you, I am glad he came down. Yes, his, his incarnation, his, his, his God putting on flesh is a powerful picture of possibility for you and for me. And we've argued that the coming of Jesus is not just an indication of God's desire to save us from sin, The coming of Jesus is also an indication of God's desire to rescue us from regular. Yeah, he he is an usher that wants to usher us out of the ordinary into the extraordinary because out of all of the words the Bible uses to describe the believer, normal, regular, ordinary is not one of them. And I don't know who I am talking to on this Christmas celebration, but I just need to remind you, you are not regular. Don't you talk regular? Don't you settle for regular? Don't you accept regular? Don't you box yourself in. Boxes are for things. They are not for people. You don't need the anointing to be regular. God has called and equipped and commissioned us for greater. Somebody say greater. But here's what we've established, family. Here's what we established. We don't get to experience greater 
because we want to. We get to experience greater because we choose to. You don't get the life you deserve. You get the life you decide. Did you hear what I just said? And greatness is a result of a decision that you make to refuse to waste any potential that God put on the inside of you. A Quaker Christian named Elton Trueblood put it this way. He said, intentional mediocrity is sin. It is saying to God that you could have taken some of the ability you gave me and gave it to somebody else who would have done more with it. But I believe I'm talking to a people that have gone through enough seasons in their life where they realize I've wasted potential in the past, but that does not mean I'm going to waste it in my future. I believe I'm talking to some people, it's not even New Year's Eve yet, and you sitting on ready right now. You are waiting for 2023 because the devil has no idea what's getting ready to be unleashed on him this next year because I got some people that refuse to settle for regular and you're going to step into your potential. If I'm talking to you, make some noise in the room. Yes, we, we don't experience great, greater because we want to. We experience greater because we choose to. We can't choose, but we can't choose greatness, family. We can only choose to adopt the traits and the habits and the practices that produce greatness. I'm going to say it again. You can't choose greatness. We can only choose to adopt the traits the practices, and the habits that produce greatness. You can't choose peace. You can only choose to do the things with your mind that produce peace. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't choose joy. You can only choose to set the boundaries that you need to set and where you need to set them and how you need to set them to protect your joy. John Maxwell put it this way. He says, this is powerful family. He says, you don't pick your future. You pick your habits. And your habits pick your future. So, so we've been throughout this series identifying traits that we can choose. And if we choose these traits, we experience greatness, right? Am I making sense so far? So on week one, we said you got to choose patience. Week two, we said you've got to choose gratitude. Week three, we said you've got to choose flexibility. Last week, we said you got to choose awareness. And on today, in these 15 minutes I got left, I got one more for my changed family. Now, if you satisfied with, with part of what God has for you, then you can play Temple Run right now. But if you want absolutely everything God's got for you, I want to know who wants the last one. Who wants the last one? Okay, here it is. Here it is, family. 
We not only need patience. We not only need gratitude. We not only need flexibility. We not only need awareness. You know what else we need? Here it is. Greatness requires grit. I've never seen anyone that's great that does not have grit. Watch this. What's grit, Pastor Darius? Angela Duckworth talks about it in her book. She says, grit is passionate and sustained persistence. See, that's the Angela Duckworth definition. But I want to give you the Darius Daniels definition. The Darius Daniels definition of grit is this. Grit is long faith. Are y'all okay this Christmas? I said grit is long faith. Dr. Dash, what do you mean by long faith? I've heard of strong faith. Okay, well, well, strong faith speaks to how big can I believe? Long faith speaks to how long can I believe? And keep on believing when it seems like believing is not working. James puts it this way in James chapter 1, verse number 3. He says, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. God doesn't test our faith with the enormity of the obstacle. He tests our faith with the length of the weight. Did you hear what I just said? I said he doesn't test our faith just with the enormity of the obstacle. He tests our faith with the length of the weight. And you need grit not to start. You need grit to finish. Did you hear what I just said? Some people started the year with a God-given vision. But because they did not have God-given grit... They started, but they didn't finish. I'm praying this over somebody's life that will receive it. This next year you getting ready to step into is going to be a year where you finish. And the only way you can finish is by developing grit. And our text provides us with a powerful picture of the purpose and power of grit. In this text, we just read it, Mary receives an announcement regarding the immaculate conception. She, she's conceiving without intimacy with a human partner. And I want you to notice something in the text. We just read it together. Mary does not get a baby first. She gets a word first. I'm going to let y'all go. Y'all ready for turkey? I said Mary does not get a baby first. She get a word first. And I need to pause and tell somebody the word comes before the baby. <laughs> What's the baby? <laughs> the baby represents what God promised. I want you to know the word comes before the baby. The word about peace comes before peace. The word about provision comes before provision. The word about blessing comes before blessing. The word about victory comes before victory. And it takes grit to manage the in-between season between the word and the baby. She gets a word and notice her response. She says, how can this be? 
since I haven't known or been intimate with a man. In other words, what you are offering is logically impossible considering my circumstance. This requires me to have had an experience I hadn't had. And God is saying, I don't need it. <laughs> this requires me to have a connection with someone that I hadn't had. And God's like, I don't need it. Gabriel explains how this is going to happen. He says the Holy Spirit is going to come up on you and it's going to overshadow you. Now, I looked at the word overshadow and, and it's interesting here. <laughs> it, 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 speaks to, it speaks to casting a shadow over. It means it exceeds in terms of importance. In other words, it doesn't mean that what it overshadowed is unimportant. It just means it's not the most important. So Gabriel, in essence, is saying, right, in every other circumstance, you would have needed to have that experience to get that result. But in this instance, I'm telling you something else is happening that is of more importance than your connections and your experiences. He says, I'm going to overshadow it. God is saying it was important until I showed up. Now that I show up, it diminishes in terms of its importance. Y'all missing what I'm saying? Because there are some things we can feel like are not coming to pass because you don't have the connections and because you don't have the experience. And God's like, I'm not saying that's not important, but when I show up, it becomes less important because I don't need what you think I need to do with you what I'm getting ready to do. I'm speaking this over somebody's life. What you've been worrying about, you might not need. What you've been running after, you might not need. God is getting ready to overshadow. He said, I'm going to do it without it. Listen to what he says. I got five minutes. Listen to what he says. He says, he's talking to Mary. He's not talking about anybody else, talking to anybody else. But then he says, your cousin Elizabeth. Is that in the text? He said, your cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant. And she was barren. Y'all missed it. He's talking to Mary, trying to convince her that he can do it without the connection and the experience. And in order to anchor her faith, he brings up Elizabeth. He says, I want you to see what's possible for you by putting somebody else's miracle in your proximity. Did you hear what I just said? I want to talk to some people in here who are mismanaging your Elizabeths. Oh. 
some stuff Elizabeth represents other miracles God lets you see. It represents the things and the people God exposes you to. And you mismanage your Elizabeth when you begin to think less of yourself because Elizabeth is six months and you just getting started. Y'all missed it. She's six months, which means she's closer to giving birth. And some people will look at Elizabeth and feel bad about where you are because they six months ahead of you or six years ahead of you. But don't you miss this. God is not showing you what he did with Elizabeth just to show you what he did with Elizabeth. He's showing you what he did with Elizabeth to get you to believe I can do it for you. And the devil wants you to be jealous of what you're supposed to be inspired by. The, the devil wants to use Elizabeth to make you feel small, but God's showing you Elizabeth to make you feel big. Don't touch anybody but just air high five them and tell them I'm not jealous, I'm motivated. <laughs> Yeah, I'm motivated. I want to hear everything God's doing in your life because it motivates me. I want to see the miracles he's working because it motivates me. I want to hear about the doors he's opened because is there anybody that's motivated? He said, y'all showed you that she bounced back. Not to show you something about Elizabeth, but to show you something about me. I showed you they, their recovery. Not to show you something about them, but to show you something about me. I'm letting you see all these things. Let me see if y'all can handle this. Happening for people that's less talented than you. That, is that too real? Yeah, he said, I'm letting you see it happen with people who don't have half of what you got because I want you to see if I can do it with them and they don't even have what I gave you. What am I getting ready to do for you? Exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think. Don't mismanage. Don't mismanage your Elizabeth. Because God sends them to make your baby leap. I feel some leaping happening right now. I feel some babies that were dormant leaping. I feel some dreams that you were giving up on leaping. I feel some hope coming back. Is anybody believing God? All right, let me get out of here. This is the one thing I got to tell you. Uh, so notice Mary's response. I want you to see her response. She says, let it be to me according to your word. I'm out of here, but listen to what she said. Let it be to me according to your word. One translation put it this way. According to your word, let it be unto me. Let me tell you what she didn't say. She didn't say, I understand. 
Somebody say, you don't need that. You don't need that. You, you, you don't need that. Okay. She didn't say, that makes sense to me. She didn't say, okay, Gabriel, I know what you're talking about. She just said, whatever you say. This is what she's saying. She said, I don't have an understanding of how you're going to do this. Don't miss this, but I'm going to yield my understanding of how, and I'm going to trust the authority of who. I don't have the understanding, but I know you got the authority. So she, she yields her understanding to authority. And her response gave me a revelation I want to share. And I'm out of here. Your long faith or lack thereof is a result of what voice you choose to give authority to. When she said, whatever you say, she gave God's voice authority. Faith or fear is going to be based on not who's speaking. It's going to be based on what voice you choose to give the authority to have the final say. So she said, according to your word, let it be unto me. She said, I'm going to give the authority to your word and give it permission to have the last say over what I expect to be true in my life. No weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment, you will condemn. I don't understand, but whatever you say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't understand when morning coming, but whatever you say, my enemies will come against me one way, but they will flee from me seven ways. I don't understand, but whatever you say, this next year is about to be the best year of my life. Based on what I went through in 2022, I don't understand, but whatever you say, I give your word authority. And I'm out of here. There's one thing. I got one point. There's one thing that Mary did that we all need to do. There's one point I got for you. That's our takeaway. Here it is. If I'm going to have long faith, grit, here it is. I've got to, this is what Mary did. Hold on to the first word. Joe, I saw something when I was studying this text i never seen before. I, 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 I saw, I've been reading my Bible consistently since I was 15. I would go to basketball games with a Walkman. Y'all too young for that. <laughs> a Walkman with a cassette. <laughs> then I graduated to CDs and a Bible in my backpack. I went to Sunday school, vacation, Bible school, Baptist training union. i never seen this before. I'm out of here. Joe, God only spoke to Mary one time. <laughs> 
every other word he gave to Joseph. Mary only got one word. God never repeated himself. It's his way of saying, the one time I told you should have been enough. She got one word and for nine months she had to hold on to one word and I don't know who this is for. I don't know what you heard. I don't know when you heard it. I want to tell you if God said it one time, he's not repeating himself because that one time is enough. And your feet may be swelling, but he's still going to do it. Your back may be hurting, but he's still going to do it. You may have morning sickness, but he's still going to do it. Because if he said it one time, he said it enough. I'm done, Tario. She had to hold on to the first word. I, during my night, during my waiting period, I be need some, some more words. Y'all not talking to me. Listen, I need, I need, like, I need, I need, it's like, you know, when I first heard it, I felt, but throughout the journey, it's like, okay, so now say it, uh, say it again. You, you sure you told me to do this? He said, I can't lie. So I don't need to repeat. <laughs> I can't lie. So I don't need to repeat. I'm done. The coming of Jesus is a promise kept, it is the fulfillment of hundreds of years of prophecy it is God's way of reminding you I keep my word and I need you to have long faith in the sixth month the seventh month the eighth month of what I said to you in the first month I don't know how but whatever you say Father, woof. Let me tell you what I'm praying for. We out of here. I'm praying that God give you a gift on this day. Each time I teach on faith, I pray for this gift because I experienced this in New Zealand. I'm praying right now for an impartation. That's a divine transfusion, transmission of a spiritual gift. Paul said to believers in Rome, I long to see you that I might impart to you a spiritual gift. So I'm going to pray this over you and a benediction at the same time. But I'm praying God release something to you that he gave to me in New Zealand. I needed it for the next phase of my assignment. I didn't know my assignment was going to require grit. My wife and I were in Auckland, New Zealand. We go back to the green room after I've spoken. There was another couple speaking at the conference that was from, the, from North California. And the lady comes back and says, I'm not trying to be weird. And she says to my wife, she says, don't y'all get too comfortable in New Jersey. We don't know these people. 
She said, I see God stirring something. That was like 2018. We just stepping into, as of October 30th, 2022, 18 to 22. Long faith. One word. Held on to it. And so I want to pray for something. A man from Guatemala prayed this over me, and I want to pray this over you right now. I say, Lord, to do what you're calling me to do, I need the spiritual gift of faith. I need an, an uncommon ability to believe you for uncommon things. I need an ability to believe you that I can't get from studying books. I need you to give it to me. I'm going to pray this over you and the benediction at the same time, praying God would give you this gift on Christmas. Father, I thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you. I pray right now for the release, the distribution of the spiritual, of this whole glory, of the spiritual gift of faith. Lord, may it be released in this room. I pray for people to wake up tomorrow able to believe you for things and in ways they never could before. I pray for uncommon ability to believe you for uncommon things, to take bold steps, to, to hear your voice and to obey, to follow your promptings, to believe you for the extraordinary. You did it for me, now do it for your people in this room and online. Do it for believers in Atlanta. Do it for believers in New Jersey. Do it for believers in Orlando. Do it for believers all over the world. We receive this gift, and we pray that you bless us and keep us. Cause your face of favor to shine upon us. God, would you be gracious to us? Would you protect us? Would you provide for us? And above all else, would you grant us peace? This is my prayer for your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. You dismiss. See you this weekend. Merry Christmas.